Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. This is Kelly Dean again. I am physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. And we have a really exciting interview today with Katrin Ray. And she is one of our professionals, uh, our endorsed professionals. We have a professional training program at the Tummy Team to try to spread the knowledge that we have gathered over the years and help other professionals grow in their practices and you know, just share what we've learned. And um, Katrin has been one of those practitioners, and I'm excited to share her story. So welcome, Katrin. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining me. I'm. Um, we're going to do a series over this month um, of professionals that we're interviewing because this is going to air in July of 2021, which is July is always when we do diastasis recti awareness month. And this month, this year, we're focusing on professional education and what we wish professionals knew about diastasis recti. And we're really trying to come at it at the side of not just what we wish they knew, but what our clients wish their their professionals had known. Um, And really recognizing that we didn't know this information either. And we were on a journey to kind of understand what was really going on because this, some of the education that we know now was not covered in our our, our professional education. So first, before we get too far into it, I want you just to share a little bit about yourself. Tell, tell people a little bit about you, your family, your, your, you know, your education, your business, all of that. Okay. First and foremost, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. (laughs) My name is Katrin. I am located in Germany, and I am uh, very happy to be um, part of your team. I am a physical therapist. Uh, Started in, I think it was 2001 when I first became a therapist. And to be honest, I didn't really like what I was doing. I didn't like my job. So I was waiting for a way out. <laughs> and um, uh, it happened that I, I became a mom. I have two daughters. Um, I got married and then I moved to the U.S. because my husband, um, ex-husband is an American. And uh, we lived there for five years. I was a stay-at-home mom, so I didn't have to worry about my job. And started a sewing business because I um, loved sewing and I loved um, newborn babies and I loved happy mothers. So that's I had an Etsy shop and I was happy with that (laughs) until we moved back to Germany. (laughs) And back in Germany, I was wondering, okay, so what am I doing now? I just went through a divorce and um, I had to go back to work, but didn't want to go back into my profession. So I was thinking, what what could be something that would excite me? And at, right around that time, my sister had a baby, and she had huge difficulties with her pelvic floor. She had difficulties with um, trauma. She had difficulties with breastfeeding. 
And I started to notice that I became interested in why do some people have issues and why do other people not have issues? Then I met a friend who told me that she has a huge diastasis and I had no idea what she was talking about. And I started digging. Um, and for some reason, I got so interested in the whole gynecology field that I um, started different trainings. I became a nursing and lactation consulta uh, consultant. Um, I did a lot of pelvic floor. Uh, yeah, how do you call it? Pelvic floor trainings mm -hmm. to become a pelvic floor specialist. Mm -hmm. um, I looked into treating diastasis. Re um, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's when you're bilingual, right? You have to like think in English for this. It is real. It's not easy. <laughs> you're doing great. So I started looking into diastasis, and um, yeah, I got I got hooked, and I yeah. wanted to know more and more and more. And um, people started to be aware of what I'm doing, and so the demand got. It was a need right away. You could feel the need right away. Yes, the demand was so high. People were knocking on my door before I was even able to offer treatment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So at some point, I decided, well, I, I don't think I can work for someone. I need to be self-employed because other people don't even know what I'm doing. If I apply for a job, they don't even take me serious for what I'm doing because nobody really knows about it. And when you when you first became a physical therapist and what you what area did you work in that you didn't like? You were you uh, were you kind of feel did you feel really confined to like you know, a, a structure, what, what kind of, what, what kind of area of physical therapy did you work in before? So physical therapy itself, I liked a lot because I used to dance a lot and I wanted to learn something that has to do with body movement and body awareness. And I liked that part of the job. But here in Germany, being a physical therapist is, is really hard because you're on a very low income level and it's, it, there's no options to proceed a career and um, that made me sad because I'm a person that is very motivated I love learning I'm a nerd and it made me sad that I felt like okay now I'm stuck in this exact situation with the same amount of money each month and with very high priced trainings that I can't even afford but I would love it was just I don't know I I, I didn't feel comfortable now I can use all the knowledge that I've gained from changing my, my jobs like frequently because I got bored so quickly. <laughs> so now I can use all that knowledge. And now since I'm so into awareness, I can use all my, um, yeah, all my awareness skills for right. treating the women. And it's constantly, I, I love that. Like I, I've done, most people know my story and I've done several different types of physical therapy. I, um, I love what we do as well. And I feel like I have been able to take the aspects of like my background was in, uh, brain injury, neuromuscular re-ed, uh, stroke rehab, that kind of stuff, which seems so foreign to what I'm doing now, but it really isn't. It's all about reconnecting the brain to how the body's supposed to move in the most functional ways. And that's, that's the approach we take when we look at diastasis. Um, and 
So I, I love, I love what I, I do now. I get, uh, I, I get emails and, and, uh, calls all the time asking me to come and work for somebody, work for another business. I can't even imagine working for somebody. I love what you said, where you said, I couldn't work for somebody. They don't even know what I do yet. Yes, yes yet, exactly. People are knocking down your door before you even, before you even finished your training, because the word of mouth between mothers is pretty substantial. I mean, once, once a mom feels like somebody helped them, they can't not tell other moms about it. So, so that is the word of mouth component can be really helpful. What, how, so you, I can totally see like kind of the arc of your passion and how you got where you are. When did you start realizing, okay, this is going to be a business and I'm going to pull all these different things that I'm in love with, like the lactation component, the caring for moms, the pelvic floor, the diastasis. I'm going to pull it together into a practice and, and do that practice. When did you kind of get to that point? Or did you? I don't know. I, if somebody would have asked me um, two years ago, or before I would have said, are you crazy? I would never be self-employed. Never. And not in this job. No way. At the same time, I am a very creative person and I have a lot of passion <clears throat> and I am very um, engaged in things. So looking back, it was the perfect solution for me to become self-employed because now I can create and think and, and uh, yeah, follow my vision. Right. Yeah. Not and I think it was a process. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. one moment. It just was a process where I felt like, okay, I can do this plus all, all, all the people that asked me if I could help them. Right. So when I, when I did the breastfeeding and lactation uh, consultation, consultation training, I realized, wow, bonding is a very interesting um, topic. Um, and I realized, but if the mother isn't feeling well and the baby isn't feeling well, the bonding process can't happen. And I started to realize, wow, it's, it's very important that the mother feels fine to be able to take care of the baby. And then I started the diastasis journey and I, I, it blew my mind what happens to many women, not only on the physical um, level, but also on the emotional level and on the awareness level and on so many levels, levels, um, I, I just couldn't, I, I felt drawn like a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that was the moment when I realized what's going on in the, in, in a person with this, with a severe problem, it, 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 it felt I felt like I, I, I have to do something. I, I felt called. <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. I mean, I started out feeling it was very personal for me because I was on a mission to, to heal myself. But um, as soon as I started to share with other moms and other women um, kind of my experience, I saw like how almost epidemic this was and how a women's uh, health and, and mother's health, postpartum health was so, guys just kind of swept under the rug, you know, um, it's, like, it's all about the baby now. And, and, you know, you, you'll get back or six weeks, start working out. Like just, we were really blown off and how much women just 
learn to settle for wetting their pants or not, not things falling out, not having constipation, having back pain, their pelvis being out, not being able to exercise, not being able to lift their kids, not being able to return to work, how, how somewhat normalized it just became or unspoken, I guess it wasn't normalized because nobody talked about it. But as soon as you start talking about it, you start realizing a lot of people are struggling. And it wasn't just me. And as I started feeling better and I started actually, I I almost feel like I came out of a cloud and I could, I could um, process again and think again. And, and it wasn't just that postpartum exhaustion cloud. I think that when our body is in a constant state of trying to find a way to stabilize itself, it it's almost like background noise that is it is constantly trying to do something ineffectively so that you can just live your life it's exhausting and once you get that stability and it kind of turns off that white noise machine that's going on and your body is functioning more efficiently it opens up your emotional capacity it opens up your your intellectual capacity, your ability to communicate, your ability to move and to do stuff. It's, it's so weird that we, this condition is so overlooked when it has this, this huge effect on people. And, and, and like you said, in the medical field, it's hard to talk about that when they're like, oh yeah, diastasis recti, that just happens. People are missing that this, this is a, a symptom of, of a such a bigger problem that affects relationships and marriages and interactions with our kids and in our community. And it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just had a conversation yesterday with, uh, with a guy who asked me what I'm doing. And I, uh, I told him a, a little bit about it. I didn't want to go into too much detail without him asking for more. But his reaction was, uh-huh, yeah, well, don't women just give birth and that's it? <laughs> I was like, uh, nope. And then he became interested. I have many, many men that are very interested after they hear what I'm doing because they are thinking about their wives. They can connect and um, mm-hmm. and then they, they want to help, which is in their nature, right? They're, they're looking for solutions. <laughs> Which is great when they're open for um, info, mm-hmm. but the mainstream opinion is women give birth and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, and and they kind of like silently suffer a little bit, you know. And I don't want to make it too dramatic because there are some women that are able to give birth and recover fairly quickly. Um, but, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the people that don't, and we're trying to provide an option for all those women that didn't have an option. And once you start to connect the dots and see how everything's pulled together, it's hard to not want to help. Um, especially when you already had a heart for moms, um, and for babies and for that, that mother, mother moment, you know, um, when you when you started to learn about diastasis recti, were you surprised that you didn't hear more about it in your physical therapy training? Yes, absolutely. We didn't hear 
anything about it. Well, what we hear about it was at Exif, but nobody talked about the severity. Were you the... taught how to check in physical therapy school? Were you taught how to check for a diastasis? I don't even remember. I don't remember. If we either. were taught how to check, I don't think so. And if, then probably the wrong way. Yeah, in a full crunch, full sit-up. Yes, in a full crunch, exactly. But what I remember is that we learned to do the diagonal crunches. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, after we, pregnancy, yeah. We, we learned, um, I mean, I, I went to PT school about 10 years before you, um, maybe eight years before you, um, and in the States. Did you go in, did you go to PT school in Germany? Yes. Okay. So we were, we were taught, which I I think is very common that you put a sheet around their waist and pull the the rectus together and have them do sit-ups that I, it's, it, I thought that was so archaic, but I've heard people, recent grads be taught that information. Um, and so that information has kind of been staying along and I get what they're doing, right? They're saying, okay, let's pull the two sides together and then let's strengthen the, the abs, the way we think to strengthen the abs. But the other thing that I realized is I don't think I ever learned. We did all the anatomy physiology. I don't think I ever learned about the transverse abdominis. No. Right. You either. No. Mm -mm. Right. And, and think about, think about how big that muscle is. That corset muscle wraps around (laughs) your body, stabilizes your spine, connects your pelvis to your rib cage. It supports your diaphragm, supports your pelvic diaphragm. It supports all your internal organs. Why do we not learn about this in PT school? Yeah, you're right. And not just learn about it, but why isn't it it the one of the most important muscles that we address? I I don't understand it. Um, no, I don't understand it either. When so, and I I totally understand that you can't learn everything um, in in our basic education. We learn a lot. I mean, we learn a million different conditions to to treat and all kinds of stuff. So there are things that. T- we we've all acknowledged as professionals that you just need to do continuing ed to get more information about. But I feel like the more I offer continuing ed and the more I've taken continuing ed, I feel like there's some basic, basic components um, of basically understanding the transverse abdominis and understanding diastasis recti, um, how to check for it. That should be standard of treatment in most, um, most professional trainings. And, and you know, we're trying, to, we're, we're trying to do that, right? We're trying to make a difference there. But I always find it interesting when I'm talking to other professionals to kind of figure out where, um, what schooling is covering this. Because I did go to PT school over 20 years ago, um, but it's not changed much. No. 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 Also, in, in the schools for midwifery, they don't learn no. anything up to date. No. At least over here. <laughs> Unfortunately. I'm not here either. And um, I did a, a podcast not too long ago with Hannah, who's a, a midwifery, almost at the end of her, she's a student. She's almost um, at the end of her apprentice process. And, you know, she was talking to me about um, us offering this, uh, offering a course 
uh, most of her midwifery training was online, offering a course online. She goes, it would be, it's totally necessary. And we're also going to do an interview uh, with Kristen, um, who, yeah, who is a midwife over there near you. Um, (laughs) And so I think that it's really, it's really key to recognize that the diastasis recti world um, trans transcends kind of the rehab and the effect of it transcends a huge scope of medical practices from physical therapists and chiropractors to fitness professionals, to birth professionals and to GI doctors and primary care physicians and abdominal, you know, surgery, uh, you know, plastic surgeons, all of this. I mean, there's a wide range of medical professionals that need this information. Um, because we're we're all kind of see people that have issues related to this. When did you when did you when and how did you hear about the tummy team? Do you remember? Yes, I remember. I think it was 2017 when I started researching. So when my friend contacted me about her diastasis and she knew I, I that I'm a physical therapist and I was thinking about transitioning to gynecology. Um, so when I when I told her that I have no idea where to send her and what to tell her, I started researching and this friend was an American friend and she said, well, I have seen a couple people in the US there are a couple websites in the US. So I started because I didn't see anything in Germany. Some people mentioned it, but I was very sure that 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 wasn't what I was looking for. <laughs> so I started researching in the US and that's when I found you. And I think it was by the end of two, 2017 when I contacted you for questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and because then- I felt like, okay, this is definitely their main field is diastasis and they know what they're doing so Mm -hmm. well and our uh, and our um our websites the professional and the the online website are really packed with education we you know we want to be a resource because there is a lot of Mm -hmm. contradictory and conflicting information out there and it can be overwhelming so we try to i mean our website's kind of massive because we have a lot of education on there but we want our clients to be well educated before they um, move to the next step, you know, because this is this yeah. is important stuff. And um, I remember you reaching out, and um, like many professionals do, kind of with a huge list of questions. And my <laughs> my instinct to say, you know, you really should do the core foundations course, like the course that our clients do. And, and most professionals want to skip that course. They want to just go with, tell me how to fix it. And our approach is like, we want you to experience the process like a client would. Um, because as there's lots of reasons, but as a, a clin, as a professional, it would be very easy to kind of step back and look at what we're doing and oversimplify it's not it's not it's not really complicated but almost oversimplify it and go oh yeah i know that i know that i know that i know that but it really is going through and implementing that in your own body for you to feel what that feels like even if you're not suffering from a diastasis yourself to feel what that progression feels like 
is going to help you understand that it's not just a back stabilization exercise. It's not just a breathing exercise. It's not just an exercise, right? (laughs) It's not an exercise. Um, It's the whole approach to retraining people to reconnect to an internal deep muscle and use it effectively. And as a result, we heal the diastasis and we repair a lot of other stuff and we address all these compensation patterns. But it's it's sometimes really challenging for us to get professionals to commit to the actual client version of the course. And we have a we have continuing ed credits for that course because it's so packed with education. Um, tell us a little bit about your training, your uh, kind of your experience when you started kind of going through it somewhat for yourself. So when I started the training. I it took me a while to put two and two together. It made it made a lot of sense in the, immediately. But for me that's it's two different things. So if I'm listening to something and it makes a lot of sense and experiencing something that makes even more sense. Um because like like you just said before, it's treating diastasis to me is um, changing a lifestyle it's not just exercises and people are trained by by the fitness industry to do exercises and if you didn't do the exercises right then the results aren't there and the therapist is you know not happy with you because you didn't do the exercises well that's the whole that's how we for some reason are programmed <laughs> and so if it's so, it's it's, so dysfunctional it's so dysfunctional because that's actually not the point Exactly. And I keep telling people, if you want to lose weight or if you're deciding to um, to be vegan from one day to another, that's not possible either. You need, really need to change your mindset. You need to change your thinking. You need to understand what you're doing, why you're doing um, the things that you're doing. Because when you understand, then you can transfer it into your life, into your individual life. But you need to understand first what the program wants from you or what the philosophy wants from you. So you can't transport it in your life. And that was for me an eye opener because it's such a different approach from, let's call it regular physical therapy. It's it's just so different. And that's, I think, what makes it hard for clients too to understand that I am actually changing my lifestyle. I am gaining awareness about what I'm doing and how I behave. And then I realized that many clients are uncomfortable in many other areas. Like, for example, some people aren't comfortable being upright, but they need to be upright so they can engage their transfers. But being upright also means being seen, being visible. Mm-hmm. which is very weird in the beginning. So there's a, a big mental component to everything. And I, I can't even put my finger on it. There are so many impressive um, developments that the clients are going through. Right. So, and that's yeah. why it's... it's Life impacting, yeah. you know, and, and it is it is hard. It's very hard to put into words what we really do, right? Yes. What our job really is. Um, and it's also hard for our clients 
to explain what's happened to them because it's hard. And all the biggest thing is they've reclaimed their life. And sometimes they've reclaimed something that they maybe never really had because they were never confident since they went through puberty. You know, they were never confident in their own body. They were never connected to their body. They were never grounded and anchored to, you know, how their body is supposed to function. And, and I've talked about this. I've talked about this often that our logo, our tree logo, um, really represents what we're trying to do is trying to give people this rooted, solid structure that they can flourish from, that they stand up and they're reaching out and that that their essence of who they are can now go and reach out to the world. And this sounds like as a physical therapist, people are like, oh my gosh, this new age weirdo, but not really. I mean, we're looking no, not at all. We're looking holistically. We aren't a kneecap. We aren't a yeah. shoulder. We're a whole body with emotions and and physical needs. And how we interact in the world around us comes from that. How rooted are we? How how strong is our core? And not just physical core, but the core of who we are. And when basically a diastasis is this gaping hole in the core of who we are. Um, and, and that's what, you know, and people don't know what's missing. I didn't know what I, what was missing until I got it back. And then it was like, Oh, this is, this is what it's supposed to be like. Um, and so it is a bigger picture. And when you have done some of the work on your own body, have you had some of those revelations within yourself? You know, I feel like my, so much of my professional journey is a personal journey. The more I learn how to connect to different parts of my body and how to activate and what, where I'm storing pain and releasing pain and all of that translate in, into how I'm helping clients. Have you had some of that experience for yourself as well? I um, never had a severe diastasis, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a separation, which I, which is pretty stable. And I know exactly where my limits are. I know exactly what I can do, what I can't do. And I'm very cautious of what I'm doing and what I'm choosing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never suffered when I did the training, I felt my muscles work and I thought it's an amazing feeling. And I, um, noticed that my body is changing, that I had more stability, that I felt stronger, that my neck was better. And when I was walking my dog, for example, I noticed, oh, wow, I feel much more stable. And it was very easy for me to connect my brain to my muscle because awareness is, was always something that I loved. I loved to feel my body. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't, a big deal in the beginning. So I was like, okay, no problem. But then when I started working with my clients, I realized why do they have such big issues to activate their muscle? Why do they have, why, why don't they feel it? That's when I started thinking. Mm-hmm. I, my, my whole thinking process started much later. <laughs> Didn't start in the beginning. Um, I, I connected the dots much later yeah. because 
I was all I knew. My own body, my own feelings and, was and you all I knew. The answer because you had yeah. you didn't have a severe diastasis because you you liked to connect to your body. That that was the that that was your frame of reference. But exactly. then our clients teach us a lot. Our clients. Yep. I was driven by the question: Why does it work with me? Why does it not work with other people? Yeah. Where is what where's the, the the puzzle piece what what do i need to tell them what do i need to say how can i help and then in the moment when they realize what they need to do and they all of a sudden they can connect that feeling is amazing yeah to see them how they're happy and i feel great because i feel like wow i did something really good today it's um, really it's, it's incredibly rewarding work what we do absolutely Absolutely. We, we, we do see a lot of sad stories. Um, and we work, we walk alongside some really heartbreaking, um, experiences, but we get to be a part of the healing journey for those clients. And, um, and it, it, it totally touches my heart. It totally makes me realize why I'm doing this work. And, um, yeah, and, and it is powerful work. What has been the most frustrating piece of your professional journey? The most frustrating piece for me is when I don't know how to um, say it without sounding, I don't know, condescending or arrogant. But for me, the hardest part is when people don't, not people in general, clients or, or clients with severe diastasis don't want to believe what i'm say- what I'm saying because it's different from what they heard from their doctor or other therapists or their um super specialist yeah. and it's very hard to it's very hard to have the skills to not i don't know how to say that in english i i i don't I don't want them to change their beliefs but right. it's really hard when i see that i would i could help in in a couple quick sessions mm-hmm. but they don't trust the advice because it's so different from what they have learned in their gym or wherever yeah. or because the doctor said something and what i usually say is you know everybody's everybody is saying the or, or helping the best they can but yeah. in this field, there are so many people that don't know better. If they knew, they would be happy to send you to someone, but they don't know. And that's that's really hard. The communication is so hard sometimes. It's really difficult, too, as a professional, because we want to be respectful to other professionals. And yeah. there's plenty of things I don't know. Plenty yeah. of areas sure. that I am not a specialist in. Yeah. Um, Nobody knows everything. We don't know everything. Um, and, and, um, and it is, it is hard to contradict, especially a physician. It's hard to contradict what somebody has been told. And, um, you know, what I usually say, I try not to ever say anything about the other practitioner. Mm -hmm. I try to say, um, I didn't know much about this either, um, for a long time. And I have, I have for the last decade obsessed about education in this area and this is 
this is my specialty. And mm-hmm. I understand if you, if you are skeptical, um, I, I would, I would totally be skeptical too. Um, and, and if you're not willing to, if you don't want to invest in it right now, but if you are, I always let people make their own choice. You know, it's heartbreaking for me to watch somebody suffer when I know I can help them, but this isn't the type of work that we can do for them anyway. They have to, they have have to not want it. Mm -hmm. They have to, they have to buy in um, to, to go forward. So I usually say, if you are still struggling, I am here when you, when you're ready, or if, if whatever you're doing, ends up not working for you. Maybe it will. I hope it does. If it doesn't ends up not working for you, I would love to work with you at any time. So I kind of keep that door open. They don't have to come back with their tail between their legs, ashamed that, oh, I tried something and it didn't work. They have to go on their own journey. I want them to do what they're comfortable with. But I I would say that with the medical professionals, um, because I've done a lot of professional training um, in big conference type situations at hospitals, like in grand rounds type situations, and then in continuing ed. And um, there are a a huge number of professionals that are like so hungry for the information. Like, yes, I don't know how to fix this. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like I didn't realize we could do this and they're so eager to hear it. And then there's a handful and I would just say a handful that are just pushing and poking holes and, what what we're doing and and that's so disheartening but i understand it and i usually am just like you know i understand like i i i didn't know this either my biggest thing is to say just because you don't know how something how to treat something doesn't mean there isn't a treatment plan you just don't know it and so i've changed that statement to just because you don't know how to treat something yet doesn't mean there isn't a treatment plan. Because I think that, um, you know, I, you know, that we kind of just keep planting the seed and planting the seed and hopefully we're going to shift the tide of what's going on. Um, What do you feel like has been most, most supportive about the professional support within the tummy team group what's been helpful for you oh absolutely the the monthly webinars i'm unfortunately not able to attend each and every one of them but when i attend i love it because i i um learned a lot during the webinars and it also uh opened the door for me to a whole different world because that's how i got introduced to the whole um trauma and uh, grief world that I'm digging in right now. Uh, Yeah, and I'm super grateful for that. Yeah. So we have at the Tummy Team, there's lots of ways that professionals can train with us. They can just take a class, which I'm happy. Even if people just take one class, it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction. But we also have an apprentice process. One of the things that I felt like was missing in my education when I was on this journey was I was in it alone and kind of trying to piecemeal things from a lot of different education sources um, together, which we all kind of do. But what I, how I learn best is when I walk alongside somebody that's been doing it for a while and I learn from them. So we've created these apprentice processes where there's a series of 
of education. But in addition, um, I'm pretty much walking alongside you and answering your questions and providing more education. But then we have a community. I wanted to create a community of other professionals that are all just trying to do the best we can and learn more. And so it's a very supportive and encouraging. It's not competitive at all, which I love. Nope. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just, you know, we can ask anything. And so as a part, once once people go through the apprentice process, they have an option to become endorsed at the tummy team. And that just is what that's what you are. And it basically mm-hmm. allows you to be on my website and um, get access to all of our resources. But I do a monthly webinar for all the professionals. and. Um, and sometimes I teach, sometimes somebody else teaches. Sometimes it's a collaboration where we're all on their screens together and we're sharing what kind of how we're making things work during, you know, a pandemic or, you know, and we're just, we're working together. But um, that webinar is a great way for us to constantly be learning new stuff and knowing that we're not alone in this. And so um, it's fun and it's, it's very interactive. And I, I love, I love getting to see where everybody's at and what they're working with. Yeah. Yeah. I love it too. Yeah. Um, what do you wish? And we kind of talked about this, but if there was one thing that you wish other professionals knew about diastasis, what would it be? Um, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wish that other professionals knew that treating diastasis is different from classic um, abdominal exercises. Yeah. Classic abdominal strengthening. So I hear many stories from clients that really, that are looking for professionals, um, people that really know what to do with diastasis. Unfortunately, I have to say here in Germany, um, if you're, publicly insured you only get 20 minutes of therapy which is nothing it's not even enough to take your pants off and put them back on or your shirt Mm -hmm. off and put them back on it's very frustrating so clients call therapists asking on the phone do you know how to treat diastasis because clients once they know what they have they start collecting information on the internet they start reading and reading and reading and educate themselves and then they know what to look out for so they're calling do you treat that and then the therapists say yes of course we do clients go to them and the therapist starts with crunches or or random um um prohibitions is that the right word um, don't don'ts random don'ts let's oh, say yeah, it like all that all the things you can't do all the things, don't do <laughs> all the things you can't do exactly yeah. thank you <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the clients already know that the advice given is not the right advice so there's immediately not a good communication um, base there's no no base for trust mm-hmm. um so they can't work together. And then they come to me and they're telling me about this. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad because there are so many specialists or so many professionals that they that could so much more about it if yeah. they wanted to. And if they would realize that they have to collect the info themselves. Right. Um, they have but to, as long as they don't, then it's tough. We can't rely on what we learned in school. We can't rely yeah. on what we... Um, 
our basic just fitness understanding. I think that sometimes physical therapists um, can get very distracted by what the fitness community is doing and forget that we actually know more about the muscles and how they work than the fitness community does. So the the fitness world has a different goal in mind than what we know how these muscles work. And we're very influenced by that fitness world, uh, like the planks and the, you know, like some of the, some of the interesting things that we've added that are completely unfunctional to how the core actually works. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think that that's a great thing for, for them to know that this isn't what you think it is. Um, I think that one of the things I think is it's not, it's treatable. One, look for it and it's treatable. Even if you don't know how to treat it, it's treatable. Because I think what's very disheartening is one of two things happens client when if if a if a professional is not well trained in this area, they'll either say it's not treatable, you just have to live with it or they'll they'll give you the wrong information with confidence um and both yeah. of those are very disheartening to the client because if they yeah. do what the person said and they don't get better, they feel like broken and this is never going to get better. They feel like they failed or they have to, they, they are totally invalidated and they assume they have to live with this and that's demoralizing as well. Absolutely. Um, so you work in Germany and you work in a private, your own space, your own little private space. Mm -hmm. Um, is there anything specifically unique about where you live and how you're able to treat clients that you feel is maybe different than the U.S. or different than other areas. You mentioned a little bit, do most people self-pay to see you? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a private practice, so people have to be uh, covered by private insurance or they have to pay out of pocket. Um, the, the, the biggest reason for that is that I wanted to have the time yeah. to really feel what my client needs. And I have so many clients that come to my practice, they sit down and they immediately reach for the tissue box because they have so many tears that need to be cried out mm-hmm. because they, they finally have the um, opportunity to talk about these things yeah. with time. You know what I mean? So not it feeling is flushed, so important. Not feeling blown off, not feeling yeah. ignored. Yeah. Validation. Um, I, yeah, we have, I, I, every, every client that comes to see me just about cries um, at some stage and they're always like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, Oh no, everybody cries. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I, that's, I'm saying the exact same thing. This is a and safe- it's so important for them to to let it all off their chest, to let it out and to have someone sitting across them, nodding their head and telling them, yep, yep, I have heard it many times. You are not alone. And that is not a, not a bad thing. It's, you are not wrong. No, I'm, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I think I think the two things that are the most helpful for the clients to hear is one you're not alone. This you're not the only person struggling here. Um, and maybe your story is different. Like this is, this is significant. And the second one is 
you're in exactly the right place to get help. Like we're going to work on this together. This is, this is not unfamiliar to me. You are the type of client I specialize in. That is so like, Oh, I'm not the only one. And you can help me like those two things um, change the dynamic of everything when they walk out of the room, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And because that therapy doesn't require sessions each week or twice a week. It is really, it, they are, most of the people are able to come to their session every three weeks, pay out of pocket and it's worth for them because they know that I can help them. And that's, yeah, right. it's a good self-investment. You're not charging them three times a week. You know, they're not coming back over and over, which is hard for moms. And it's hard for all of us. It's hard not just to be um, financially, but time-wise, your time is valuable. Um, But yes, it is, uh, we do, we see them once every two or three weeks, right? And for- exactly. How, how many, I, I know you do internal pelvic floor work too. So that kind of lengthens sometimes your treatment plan, but um, how many, how many sessions on average do you see a client for? Could you, you know, do you? Um, I'd say three to five or six sessions, maybe depending. It's in the, like everybody is different. So some but people still, need a not, session not, each couple of weeks. Like, not 20. Mm, sorry. Not, not 20. No, not, tw- no, not no. 10. No. Yes. Three to six. I usually tell them, I, right. Three right. to six. I sessions. teach you how to walk. Sorry. And you like, I think the internet connection is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now I tell them, I'm, I, I show you, I teach you how to walk and then you walk yourself and you are choosing, choosing the direction you want to walk to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so and and that works very well. I have a um, area where uh, where kids can lay down or play. So many times the dads are coming with the moms, bring the baby, and then the dads and the babies they are in, in that in that little separate area, and the mom can see the baby from the treatment table. So I'm trying to make it very comfortable, not too medical. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To make to to. to yeah, I'm trying to give them a good atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. You know, you're you're changing people's lives and you're affecting families and you're doing good work, doing good work. And Thank I, you. I feel really blessed to just be a part of it. Um, I, I, I feel oddly <laughs> proud of all of these practitioners um, for for persevering and kind of swimming upstream against what everybody says we should be doing. And making a difference, um, a real significant difference. And, um, and I'm, it's exciting for me to be a part of and to see it. And I want to help more practitioners be able to do that. I feel like there's, if there's a need in your town in Germany, there's a need everywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Before we sign off, um, well, it it is never too late to um 
to study, to self-study, there's, there is stuff out there to read and to listen to and to dig into. Um, most of the people have the skills. They just don't know how to put the skills together and, and you know, to create a new skill set with what they already know and already have. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just... I would love to motivate more people to, um, yeah, to look to look into that and see where they can help educate yeah. other people. Yeah, I love that. It is never too late. It's never too late no. to learn a new skill and to learn more. We're constantly learning. Part of the reason that um, the way I've set up all of our courses and all of our professional training and videos is because I'm constantly updating those videos. I'm updating courses. I'm improving yeah. how we communicate something. I replace yeah. out videos when I have a better way to share that information. Um, this We're all on this journey. We're all on this journey, yeah. we're all constantly learning and constantly trying to um, pull more pieces of the puzzle together and refine what we're doing to make it more effective um, and to, to make an impact on, you know, on the world one person at a time, women and men. Absolutely. And I think it doesn't even matter what background you have. You don't have to be a physical therapist. You don't have to be a fitness trainer. You can be a nutritionist and and add your knowledge to right. the other knowledge. You can be a pediatric therapist and yeah. add your knowledge and your skills to the pot. And you can yeah. be a midwife or you know, everybody there's, has there's something to ways. give. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, and the way we actually train people is, you know, letting people, giving them a lot of information and then helping them build it into the scope of practice that is relevant to their, their training and their scope of practice. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not encouraging people to be different professional than they are, but there's so much to learn within your scope of practice that would be so empowering to your clients and your community. So, mm -hmm. well, thank you so much for being here, Katrina. I, I, um, I could talk to you all day, but yeah, we're going to Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna wrap it up. Um, I just wanted anybody that's listening that um, you know resonated with kind of wanting to learn more, or you know whether you're a professional or not. Check out what we do at the Tummy Team. We have professional training. We have client training. There's more going on here than just a simple orthopedic condition, um, but it's treatable and it, the treatment changes people's lives. And that's what we're doing here at the Tummy Team and what Katrin's doing in Germany. And um, we're excited to uh, share what we're doing. And we'll we'll put some um, podcast notes so people know how to reach out to you in case somebody in Germany is listening and wants Wonderful. to come see you. We would love that. Okay? Yes, I am very happy about that. <laughs> Great. All right, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. Be well and uh, stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically, and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.